Welcome to another episode of the Into the Weeds podcast. As always, I'm your host Grant, and on this episode, I'm joined by guests Grace Ann and Zach. In this podcast, we discuss problems with Walmart and the importance of board games. As always, I hope you enjoy. So today's guest, I'm joined by Zach Connor, uh, my best friend, and I'm also joined by uh, Grace Sand, my sister. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we just had a fantastic dinner cooked by me. I don't know if is that selfish to say that it was it was really good. Absolutely not. It was delicious. Yeah, some shrimp scampi. Uh, but I had. To, I want you to know, I went through an epic struggle in order to cook that meal because I had to go to Walmart. Oh, gosh. Uh, Tell us about this adventure. Well, it's nothing about Walmart in and of itself. It's more the experience because Walmart is just so huge that I don't know where anything is. So take the uh, shrimp scampi that we cooked tonight. I was like, okay, I know where the shrimp is. I know where the butter is. I know where the garlic is, parsley, all that. You know, they're they're in their sections. But yeah. then it's like, you need to get chicken broth. And there's no broth aisle in Walmart. So I've got to, I, I mean, I looked in like the bean section. I was, I was taking up. Why would you go to the bean section? Because I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't think like how Walmart thinks where it's like, Oh, yeah. I mean, and where it ended up being was in the canned goods section. Yeah. It's boxed. It's not canned. So why would it be in the canned well, goods section? But it's section? genuinely kind of like the same thing, if you think about it. But they, they don't put boxed water in there. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good, good point. point. But, you know, I did work at Food Line for a little bit. So it was like you just kind of had a grasp of chicken broth is kind of like a soup, you know? But it wasn't even in the soup section. Like the, but canned, it's in the canned goods, goods was different. There was another aisle that was a soup aisle. At Walmart? Yeah, at Walmart. Oh, then I have no idea. Yeah, I can't talk know. to you. Those about were two that. entirely I hate different Walmart aisles. And avoid it at all cost. I probably haven't been inside of a Walmart in like years. Why? <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. Um, I just think the cleanliness and mm. like like you were saying also, like the type of like, vast majority of stuff that's in there. It's just, like, never really organized in a certain way. And also, I like to eat really healthy, um, like, more organic and things like that. And so, um, I prefer to go to somewhere like Trader Joe's or, um, you know, a bougie place that will have the items that I need. That's fair. Yeah. I wish we had a Trader Joe's here. What's probably the... Is Publix probably the closest, like, for high-quality organic? Yeah, Publix has good, high-quality things, and then um, they're also very clean, and their employees are always very kind, and they're not a department store like Walmart. They're just a grocery store that might have a couple, like, you know, outside plants or things like that. So I think they're able to serve somebody better there's like that old marketing term that says if you're speaking to everyone you're speaking to no one and i really think that walmart is that which like 
they have a wide net and they get a lot of people but with that you can go to tar i mean you can go to walmart at you know 10 a.m on a sunday and see somebody walking around in their slippers and pajamas with you know a bag of bread so it's just like you know what kind of people are you wanting to speak to you know yeah and again when you're speaking to everyone you're speaking to no one so that situation you described has been me Uh, a bag of bread yeah in pjs in pajamas and actually no slippers i was barefoot at a walmart at a walmart oh yeah you're one of those people look it was a moment of weakness everyone so i it was at uh the bridger program that i did okay and so we had a walmart there in town everyone was like hey let's go so we can pick up these supplies and i was like you know, oh, okay, y'all go on without me. And they were like, no, like, you need to, to come. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not I'm not changing or getting dressed or anything. And they were like, yeah. And so I hopped in and uh, just completely barefoot in my pajamas. And we went and, like, picked up some stuff to make French toast because we were bored. No. See, and that's unclean to walk through a grocery store with no shoes. Dude, you could have got, like, they clean athlete's foot. That's disgusting. Who cleans the floors? That Walmart. I mean, they, they clean the floors. Yeah, it's still gross. I'm not trying to eat off of the Walmart floor. Like, I know they're bad, but... Would you at least wash your feet? Yeah, I mean, in a shower. Yeah. I do, I do every day. Oh, that's huh? good. Yeah, and I think at that time I was doing the night showers. I've switched over to day showers. Day showers are the best showers. It just kind of helps wake you up. It does. Right in the morning, turn it on cold, and just, boom, wake up. I have heard that showering too much is like a bad thing, especially for your hair. That's true. And so I do get kind of self-conscious when, especially like after I work out, I'll shower, and then it's like, oh, I showered this morning. And so like... I double shower, but it's not like I'm not going to shower after I see. So then, why didn't you just wait to shower till after your jog? Like if you knew you were going to jog, then just wait to shower till after. But that's been the struggle. That's been the struggle for me right now. Also, it's like I hate going to the gym or working out without a shower. Really, I hate it. That's so weird. It's yeah, it is. It is weird, but to like compensate for that i went for just running the water just like running the water in the shower and then feeling refreshed go work out and then take a shower and i feel like that's that could be the move right there that's so interesting like for me like when i was feeling better non-pregnant and i'm pregnant for everyone who's listening um when I was feeling better, I would, like, schedule my showers, like, my long showers where I would, like, really wash my hair and stuff mm-hmm. from when I was working out. So, like, if I knew I was doing Pilates on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday that week, then I would do my long showers those days after I went and did the workout. And I, I always work out in the morning when I work out. If I don't work out in the morning... I probably am not going to work out because I prefer the endorphins like right in the morning, waking me up, yeah. like getting my circadian rhythm going, like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can't work out in the morning. I, there's just n- no way. I'll never get any kind of sleep. 
because, I mean, I live so far away from where I work now. And so I'm already waking up at like 5 a.m. just to shower and go to work. Yeah. You got to find what works for you, too. Yeah. I wish. I wish I could wake up and work out. I mean, you could do some push-ups like the the Batman movie. He just yeah. gets out of bed and just pumps out the push-ups. I might just have to get on that grind one day. There you go. And you've also got to think, like, especially for the armor that he's wearing that's bulletproof. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just walking around is a workout because that's oh, easily, yeah. like, that's true. 40 to 60 pounds of, of armor that he's wearing. But I will have to say what does suck is I get out of work. I go work out, and I'm just awake like crazy for the rest of the night. And then I don't go to sleep until like 11 or so. See, and that might be your problem too. So like. So, like, your circadian rhythm is, like, your internal clock Mm -hmm. of what needs to happen. So, like, things that help. And, like, us in our Americanized society, like, people are like, what's a circadian rhythm? Because, like, one of the things that was the most... Is this an Eastern mythology? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that was most detrimental to to that was actually the invention of the light bulb. Because then we prolonged our days. Mm -hmm. Versus circadian rhythm is where you literally, you know, start winding down when it gets dark at night. You you know, wake up with the sun, like things like that. And so things that, that my husband and I have started to instill is like when it's starting to get dark out, we start turning off lights in the house. So like he'll have, even if it's like seven o'clock or whenever we'll start, you know, dimming lights and we'll only have like one of the kitchen lights on or something like that. Um, a girl that I follow only does candlelight, um, at that time of night, and so it's just something that really happens um, naturally. And then when you wake up in the morning, you wake up with the sunlight. So um, we really enjoyed that. And then getting outside before 10 a.m. too to get that vitamin D. It really helps your circadian rhythm be like, okay, I'm up. I'm starting the day. And, like, I don't drink coffee or anything like that. Even before I was pregnant, I didn't. No and caffeine. so No caffeine, no. No power drinks, no matcha, no no sodas. Um, if anything, I'll drink like a chai tea, but that has like very limited caffeine. But anyway, um, but yeah, but that helps. It's just like your body's natural circadian rhythm. I like it. And another big thing is like with phones. Yes. That is the worst thing you can yes. ever do. Cause yeah. a lot of people, including myself, I mean, I'm sitting in my room, phone plugged up to the charger, it's probably 9.30 p.m. and I'm just sitting there watching YouTube. Yeah. And all of that light is just going in my eyes, making my brain, oh, it's still daylight outside. And that messes with it. Exactly. That's why, like, it's really good for you to turn on the night mode if you're on your phone at oh, night. Oh, yeah, that's that's always on. But all, also, I really try to put my phone up an hour before bedtime. Um, that's what they suggest is at least plugging up an hour before bedtime. So that way it already starts telling your mind like you're winding down for the night. Like Yeah, they have that cool feature, yes, the wind down feature. Yes, and it's okay to like read and do things like that, but you don't want to read a book like a mystery or something that would get your brain going. Yeah. You really want like a chill book that you're enjoying mm-hmm. um, to tell your brain it's time to go to sleep. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. But it still blows my mind because Grant over here, I don't remember the last time he's had caffeine. And now I know you don't have yeah. caffeine. So, but, I mean, you might have gotten back on the coffee kick, but I'm an accountant. And so if you're an accountant, everyone knows 
your caffeine level intake is just insane when you're an accountant it's wild well i used to be a teacher and teachers are notorious for like caffeine teacher and coffee Uh, that's true too like is very well known that's hilarious and i was a teacher and did not drink coffee yeah didn't drink coffee i mean like i said i would probably start the day with like a tea of some kind whether it be chai or like you know like a peppermint or something like that but that has very low amount of caffeine so even that was like not much did it even wake you up like get you going i think it, it was more like in the brain me thinking okay i've had this routine down so i know when i make this tea and i do this in my routine that it's part of me waking up mm. you know i wonder if i do that with caffeine now yeah i drink a caffeine beverage and it's just like oh try, it's time to go now but try switching to decaf and see if your body still has the same reaction i don't drink coffee I drink energy drinks. Oh, okay. It's very bad for me. Yeah, that is very bad for you. My gosh. Uh, I was just going to say, I I mean, the reason why I stopped drinking coffee is because, uh, so when I first started drinking coffee, it was literally just a creamer to mouth, like, Yes. I would drink coffee for the creamer. And specifically, I don't know if you remember this, but it was Almond Almond Joy Joy Creamer. (laughs) Almond Joy Creamer. That was it. Yes. And uh, it, it got to the point, though, where I, I think... Um, it was I, more sugar. I don't know exactly... Well, it was a lot of sugar. But because I kept drinking the coffee with the creamer in it, I became addicted to the caffeine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, not a serious addiction in any way, but when I went out to the program uh, and I was at the higher elevation in Colorado... And I stopped drinking coffee. I got like terrible withdrawal headaches, mm-hmm. oh, and I was worst. I was like, oh, yeah. I I can't keep doing this. And so that's what made me go, you know, break. Yeah. And uh, it had definitely gotten to the point where, like, I would drink coffee, and it had like little to no effect because my body had just gotten used to caffeine being a part of my regular routine. And so now, at this point, I will drink a coffee either A, socially, or uh, B, like to actually help me wake up. Like if I, you know, stayed up till 3 a.m., like knocking out a paper, uh, then the next day I'll have a cup of coffee because I need to be awake and alert. So you still drink some of it. Yeah. I don't. But not like every day. If I had to say, I mean maybe once every two weeks and that might be too much see i don't i don't even drink it at all like since so i stopped caffeine because um the lord told me to fast it so Mm -hmm. every new year um my church in texas has us be praying as we lead up to the new year about something to fast for the first 40 days of the new year and so i had been praying and this was like almost four years ago I was really praying about like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to fast? And I heard the Lord told me coffee. And I'm like, okay, like some people he's telling like hard food. So like coffee, I can do this, right? And the Lord was just telling me like I needed to, to depend on him to like get me through the day versus caffeine. And I was like, okay, Lord, like this is great. I went through such bad withdrawals. Like, I remember the days dragging and literally having to be like, Lord, I'm literally needing you to get through this day because, and it was so funny. Like, I I wasn't a mom yet at the time or anything like that. I was just a student 
and, you know, was dragging. But I have had caffeine, so accidentally after that moment, like almost four years ago, I ordered on the Starbucks app what I used to get, which was a chai tea with two shots of espresso in it. Oh, Lord. Yes, and that was if I was getting a chai. If I was doing like a normal drink, it'd be like a coffee drink, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I accidentally did it, and I remember drinking it one day and being like, this tastes weird, but like it was kind of familiar, so I was like, okay. And literally my heart rate was so fast, like, it scared me. Like, I was like, I cannot, I cannot drink coffee after this. So, I don't. I don't have the occasional cup of coffee or this or that. I just choose not to because of the type of, like, way that it makes me feel. And, like, caffeine can be good in small amounts. Like, I know there's a a woman that I follow that does, like, um, a coffee in the morning and that's it. But it's because it's the moderation thing and not having our bodies get used to it. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how it it should be. Uh, I remember just a a quick story. There was, I don't know if we were all, no, we weren't, we definitely weren't all dealing with, with caffeine addiction. But, I mean, when I, at, you know, the program, uh, Bridger program, started, like, cutting off coffee, you know, other people were like oh you know that, that's kind of cool you know I could and a few people were like oh you know I could never do that and stuff but it literally got to the point where there was uh one of the girls had caffeine pills yeah and she would take caffeine pills because yeah she'd started with coffee and literally in order just to like be awake through the day and be motivated um she would take caffeine pills and I mean like high doses and it's one of those weird things where we're all kind of joking like haha you shouldn't do that but it's like no like, <laughs> you, you really, really should, should not be taking caffeine <laughs> pills at that high of a dosage yes uh, but that's wow. the thing right is that like our society and I think this isn't just in America, obviously, but it is very much so the American culture of, like, hustle, do whatever you can to, like, stay through, stay up and work and, you know, do all these things. Um, achieve, achieve, achieve. And that's one of those shortcuts that we've taken is is pills like that, like the caffeine pills. Or, like, have y'all seen the uh, chocolate-covered espresso beans? Mm-mm. They're like these espresso like literal espresso beans in with chocolate so like four of them and you'll be wired like they literally sell them in small packages because of how potent they are um so yeah it's just like our culture has just put such a big shift on like you have to achieve and so we found those shortcuts like five hour energy or espresso or the monster energy drinks or whatever you choose as your vice for staying awake longer than what our body really needs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of the uh, achieving, and I, I don't know exactly how this relates, but I feel like part of that drive has been a reliance on the American credit system and, like, having a high credit. And <laughs> I know, <laughs> look, and... So, and, like, just working very hard yeah, yeah yeah in order so you work hard so that way you can pay off so that way you can have a high credit and you can get nicer stuff like i mean it's credit 
it's it's like a, a meme nowadays about like you know you walk into the uh, car um, dealership and you've got a credit over seven hundred you know fifty. Or over seven hundred, yeah. And they're and they're like, "Hey, man, we just ordered KFC. Like, you want some? Oh. <laughs> or you you want a free bicycle as well? Just like having high credit is like what you need to have." And, and it's hilarious because a lot of people don't understand that that credit score really don't matter. A lot of the times, it does not matter because I'll just say this: I have a very high credit score. And my dad still had to co-sign with me. Yeah. When I got mm-hmm. this truck. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter because the bank sees that I have not taken out that big of a loan. Exactly. And it's just, it's crazy. That, it's crazy how that works. That was one thing when I got married that I didn't really understand because I had like low credit, but I was like, why do I have a low credit score? Like me, like my dad taught both Grant and I and our younger brother about the value of money. And we had cards that we would always pay off every month. Mm -hmm. And so to build our credit. And I was like, why is my credit score so low? And then I remember my husband and we were actually in a financial course that our, um, our church provided, which I love. Um, But they were explaining to me, they were like, well, you've never actually taken out, like, you've never had debt, so they don't know how you are paying back debt. And I'm like, but I've paid off the card, so they know I'm good to pay off things. But normally that card is like $1,000 or $2,000. So isn't it so interesting that, like, you literally have to go into debt first to then show them that you can have a good credit score to pay off debt. It's so interesting and, yeah, I mean, it's definitely twisted in the way. Now, there's great people like, you know, Dave Ramsey. There's this girl I follow on in Instagram, her first 100K, um, who teaches specifically women about financing and things. Um, she's kind of rivals with Dave Ramsey, but they both have great resources. Um, but they anyway, but, podcast. yeah, and they have I've a good, they have a good podcast. Um, but it's just interesting when you think about the credit system, like I just remember being so angry and being like, but I don't have, like that should be good. Like I should have a really high score. So, um, yeah, it's funny. And there's a lot of, a lot of different and cool ways that you can manipulate the credit system to get a very high score. And that's how I did it. Yeah. Is I manipulated the credit system to get a very high credit score. Did it matter? Not one bit. Right. Cause I thought I was going to go into that, um, that dealership when I got the truck and I was like, dad, don't have to co-sign. I'm about to rock this thing out. And they literally turned me down so quick. Yeah. I was like, what? It's so so interesting versus if you went in there, you know, 10 years older and had that Mm -hmm. same credit score, but had a history, like the credit history of like, Oh, you had this loan paid it off. You had this loan paid it off. And it's like, but aren't we supposed to be in a point in our society where like, don't we want, which I'm saying we as the working class, shouldn't we want people to be able to afford things without having to have the yeah. loans, you know? Yeah. So it's like, why is that such a big deal? I remember, because um, I'm a big follower of Dave Ramsey, and so, you know, I I don't know if I even have a credit score right now. I don't think I do, but... Uh, I don't even know if it's possible going to what you're talking about with, you know, letting people 
buy stuff without having to have a credit history if it's possible to actually live without a credit score today. That's something that's definitely weighing on me because I remember like uh, we got we, a, we a, had not friend. an argument, but it was like. The, a tilted those, conversation. Yes, those friends <laughs> that were over that one day. I remember that conversation, and I'll never forget it. Oh, I, I was thinking about, um, we have a, a mutual friend that uh, got married a few years back, and him and his wife tried to buy a house yep. without credit. But, like, they both had jobs, and so they got a uh, manual, manual uh, mortgage or something like that, where basically they don't look at your credit, they look at your job and how much it pays, and different stuff like that. But then but then the issue is, is that the loan is set up in a different way where you'd have a higher interest rate than if mm-hmm. you had something like a great credit score. So then it ends up being worse for you in the long run. Sure, they just got turned turned down. They were told, oh, no, yeah. they, they couldn't even get a mortgage. Because that's how they do it now is like, they look at your job, how much your annual income is, mm-hmm. then your credit score, and that's how they're like, Okay, this is how we're justifying giving you this money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not like, "Oh, I have 100k right here. Let's put this on a house payment." They'll probably still like uh another 100k. I don't think you can pay that. It's what's so crazy about this system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because you know, our mom is a real estate agent and our dad deals with real estate stuff all the time in his business as well. And, you know, even with my mom, there was um, a client that uh, was not hers, but somebody else that, that we knew that had bought a house and they were young married and, on, like, didn't put any money down on the house. But they got a great loan and they had, you know, that they, did, they don't even have jobs. The people that got it don't even have jobs that would allow them to pay like a big portion of it. You know, like Dave Ramsey's like, if you don't have 20% down, then you shouldn't be mm-hmm. doing the house. Yeah. But it's just so interesting though, because they had good credit and mm-hmm. that's the, that's the thing that qualified them for like zero down getting it mm-hmm. in. And they did, they got the house and it's like, that's great. But then you got to think about, okay, well, what was the interest rate on that? And then if you didn't put any money down, then you're going to be paying on that for a while. So yeah. there's just a lot of different things that you got to think about. And I think one of the gaps in Dave Ramsey and his thinking is credit. Like, I really think that that's a huge gap in his, you know, foundation of what he teaches because you really do, you have to leverage credit. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking about Zach, like you can have a great credit score and it not matter at times, but also we live in a society where you have to have some credit. So, you know, you can either leverage it for your good or, you cannot, but you have to be taught how to do those things. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, you can't be irresponsible with a credit card whatsoever. That's just one of those things. And then also, back to that Dave Ramsey thing, it's like, I love what he teaches. I love it. I listen to his podcast every single day. But you've got to think, when he started this, his plan hasn't changed much since when he has started this. And that's that's what stinks, is like, when he started that, that was perfect. That was a great foundation, great plan. Go the baby steps millionaire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's just like this world is just turning, turning, turning. Yes. So many different ways. Left, right, up, down. It doesn't matter. It's just like 
you got to grow with it, honestly. Yeah. Sometimes you do. Absolutely. And I think at the same time, too, with Dave Ramsey, I think he is really great. And me and my husband have talked about this a lot. But I think Dave Ramsey is really great for people who are, like, in the middle of debt, have no idea what to do, and they need to get, like, okay, we got to go through baby steps. We got to, like, legitimately, you know, be on a hardcore budget, do the cash envelope system, do the, you know, snowball debts Mm -hmm. of, like, paying that off. But then when it gets to people, like, where you have paid off all your debts and you're at a good spot, then it's like you're kind of stuck because mm-hmm. then he talks about, okay, you know, saving for a certain thing or doing that. And it's like, that's great, but where's the investing then going? Yeah. What about, you know, he, he wouldn't tell you to then invest in a rental property because mm-hmm. you can't afford that. Well, what if that rental property is going to be paid off in five years and then you get dividends from that for years to come? He would tell you not to do it. So there's, exactly. <laughs> so there's just different things you know, that are, I feel like, a gap in what he has to offer. But, again, I don't think he's speaking to, you know, that those types of people. I think he's speaking to people who don't really understand the credit and all yeah. that and don't need that information just yet. And he, he, does, he honestly does not need a credit score. That man is a millionaire. No. It does not matter. But he, he has talked about but times he, when, even with, like, uh, renting a car, when he's, like... I could, you know, I'm not going to name the business, uh, but I could literally buy this car rental company. And yet when I went to try and rent a car, they were like, well, Mr. Ramsey, you don't have a credit score, so uh, we can't rent you anything. It's like, <laughs> you know. I will buy your business. Give me the car. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's talked about that before buying um, appliances. He went to an appliance area, had cash in his hand. And it's a story he tells. This was a couple of years ago. Maybe it was a while ago. But anyway, tells about how they were like, oh, well, we got to check, you know, credit and all that stuff. And he's like, I have literally the cash in my hand right now to buy the whole thing. And, yeah, they want the interest. But it's it's just funny how it's like, yes, but at the same time, some places literally will not. I mean, think about renting an apartment right now. There's so many or a townhouse or a home or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to have a good credit score. Yeah. And there's far and few between places that don't check credit and those that don't are income-based. So there again, you have to have a good job that's steady and, you know, you use your money wisely in order to qualify for those things. Yeah. Well, that was even going through the, the real estate class. There's a section where they're talking about, um, like, if, if you're a real estate agent that helps people look for rental properties. Yes. Um, like a lot of rental properties in their decision making will look at a person's credit and someone who like qualifies in every single other way, but yet has a better credit score or someone else has a better credit score than them. Like the person with a better credit score is going to get, uh, Yeah more more chances of getting that, that yeah, apartment. Exactly. Well and we have um really good friends back in Texas that they actually um so they lease a house, they lease two houses in the Fort Worth area. So they don't own them, but they got permission, it's the same landlord at both of the homes, um, and they got permission for him for it to be an Airbnb. And so what they do is they Airbnb it out 
and they were the ones who they did like all the furniture off of like Facebook Marketplace and mm-hmm. IKEA, and it's very vibey though. Like you yeah. would not, I mean, you would not think that it was. They said like the biggest investment you want to make is like in the mattress. So like they did that and good Wi-Fi basically. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they did that, but they are they're making money. <laughs> like they're paying their monthly amount for them to lease it from their landlord. And at the same time, they're making money because if anything goes wrong with Airbnb, because they're leasing the home, they've got to. They've got to. Yeah. So it's like that is so interesting. Yeah. Leasing a property and then pretty much leasing it out for exactly subleasing. Yeah. Yeah, So it's basically like subleasing, which again you have to, you know, your landlord has to be the one to do it. But with this guy in particular, he's like, I don't care. I mean, he's getting the money either way. Exactly. They're the ones that are upkeeping it. And so there were certain things like um, the washer and dryer just broke in one of them. So they're paying to have the washer and dryer fixed, like not the actual guy because their tenants have been, like their Airbnb guests have been the ones using it. So they're paying to do it. So there's things like that. But on the other end, like they're making money Mm -hmm. every single month. They're paying their, their thing and getting that. So then what they're doing with that money is they're saving to actually buy a property of their own to then use for Airbnb. So yeah. you're like, that's genius. That's, yeah, but Dave Ramsey would be like, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, dead is dumb. It's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of dead, though. Yeah. So, Zach, you... Uh, so you're over here today. Mm-hmm. So that way we can, we can play a board game. Absolutely. My favorite board game, Known to Man. I'd like to say it's Grant's as well. Yeah. But I've never been more excited since last winter break. Axis and Allies. We're going to play. It's it's just one of those games that you just have to play. You have to play. But it takes so long. It does. And especially with... No boasting whatsoever, but two brilliant minds. It takes ten times longer than a normal board game would ever take. And it's just this, the strategy behind it, the the grit behind the board game. Whoever, I know who developed it, but they are also just absolute geniuses. Yeah. And it just makes me happy every time I see the board. Like, I walked in... I uh, just got back from working out. I called Grant, and I was like, hey, can I come in? And uh, also, I had to fix the board before we get into this. Oh, there was something wrong? No, but uh, I walk in. I have to go use the restroom, and it's pitch black dark in the basement. Uh. I walk in the room, and I know my way around the house, and so I'm just doing my normal route. And my hip just absolutely bangs the table. And I was like, he set up the Axis and Allies board. And so I turned my flashlight on, pieces all over. Luckily, oh, we remember how, how uh, we played it way too many times that we almost know <laughs> how many pieces go where. Yeah. And so I set it all back up. But gosh, I'm so excited to play it. It's That's just one game that you just can't pass. Well, and that's it. I mean, looking at, like, when you're developing friendships with people, no matter where you're living, I feel like board games are a go-to of, like, hey, let's get some people together and Mm -hmm. play a board game. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, we even used to, you know, get uh, a few friends and crammed well, into, the, into, the, into the top of his uh, apartment with the yep. board set up and... <laughs> Oh, that was that was that was wild. I forgot how far into that game we got, but it was it was very fun. I mean, they they shook hands and gave up. Okay. Yeah. Surrendered. I think it's just the beauty of board games that like reminds me of it nowadays is it's getting people off of their phones yeah. and doing something productive. Productive. Yeah. So like I think about and Grant, you can back me up on this. We used to have family nights on Sunday night. And my parents would say, you know, all phones away and we would usually, you know, my parents would talk about a scripture for the month or mm-hmm. for the week, excuse me. Um, and like what we're praying about, or we would pray over if like one of us, our birthdays were soon, but then we would always do something as a family, like watch a movie or play a board game. And some of those times I remember when I was in my teens being like, Ugh, I have to go down to family time. And now I look back and those are some of my favorite memories yeah. sitting in our living room and getting to play board games. That just, there's just something about like you said, which was kind of funny because I I now think of this all the time. I mean, I'm only 23. I'm not like old, but it's like thinking. <laughs> not like 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any 30-year-olds such as my husband listening. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's it's it just kind of makes me feel bad because as a teenager or when I'm growing up, I'm like, I've got to go to this family event like and I'm missing out with my friends or something like that but now it's just like I kind of wish I had those moments again yeah like I want those memories again where we're sitting down and just enjoying each other but we get older and it just that's that's life but I think that's what makes it so great about like y'all's friendship with Axis and Allies is that you still have that and you still have that game. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to it, it's always that connection for y'all. Exactly. And that builds relationship. And I think for us, like during COVID, like when it first started the lockdown, my husband and I came up here because we didn't want to be in our small bedroom apartment alone. We were like, well, we'll just quarantine with the rest of my family. So at least we have a house and stuff to do. Mm -hmm. So um, we came up here and like, that was some of my favorite memories ever. Like we, we were with each other more than ever, but like we played Star Wars Monopoly or Star Wars something. It was Star Wars Clue. Yeah. We played um, Wanu. We played like, like a pie game where like, you know, it would, put whipped cream in your face like so many different things mario party yeah like so many different things that like we normally didn't and i think that's the beauty from the tragedy was Mm. like it brought it reminded people of the importance of the togetherness and i think like the axis and allies does that for you guys is it reminds you of that togetherness of your friendship yep it was it will always be a game where Maybe Grant's in town sometime because I, I know I'm sure he wants to move away, which is fair. But it's like, it's one of those games we can put on any table. No, let me let me go back from that. Any dining room table. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any dining room table and just hang out for, you know, a day or two. And just enjoy company, get away from the world, and just play a game. Yeah. And that's just that's just what makes it amazing. 
Love it. Well, we've talked about Walmart, and now we finished up at Axis and Allies and how games bring people together. It what all a, comes full circle. It all comes full circle. <laughs> what, what a podcast. Because you can pick up Axis and Allies at, at Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> you really can. I don't know what aisle it's in. It could be in the canned goods section. But, uh, hey, just download the uh, the Walmart app. It'll get you there. I dude. I will say this: I'm a big Lego person. Mm-hmm. Just go to the Legos when you ever you find the Legos. Go the next row over. You'll find the board games. Okay. Hot take. Good to know. Edit. That's my barstool hot take. Indeed. <laughs> well, hey, thank y'all uh, for coming on. It's been a pleasure uh, hosting y'all. Good to. Good to talk, and uh, appreciate y'all being here. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for for having having us. us. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Into the Weeds podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and you'll come back for the next one. As always, thank you for listening.